Okay, so on that conversation today, we're going to discuss an integrative approach to senior care services. Okay, so first and foremost, I will say a couple of things. If in your planning for your seniorhood, you are considering making a leap into an independent living community, there are a few things I would like to address with you. Things that I consider to be concerns at the very least. Okay, first and foremost, despite all the advertisements that would lead you to believe this lifestyle is more affordable than you living in your current home, I would like to present to you a few caveats to that. Number one, it is potentially more affordable provided your level of care does not accelerate. If your level of care accelerates, then this expense can increase drastically. So, um, I'll give you an example. I do not currently live in a senior living community um, area, but I do have family who lives in what's, what basically is where people retire. You know, for most of us, we're familiar with Florida being that place. But if you check your statistics, you'll find that there are some other states that's now beginning to give Florida a run for their money. And I, I presume primarily they're more effective because Florida, as of recently, has had an increase in the issues as it relates to um, weather. You know, you don't want to have to be vac vacating a senior living community when there's hurricanes or um, thunderstorms expected. And that is a reality, no matter how beautiful Florida is, that's um, a, a yearly threat, which can put a damper in some people wanting to actually relocate there. So many will opt to stay in other states that provide the same type of living approach with a little bit more of affordable package and um, without the weather patterns as such to pose a threat to their personal safety for good reason. Um, I, would, I would submit to you, however, where I do live would be a phenomenal place to begin re, um, how can I put it, redesigning ourselves to accommodate a senior living environment because we are an area where you have a lot of seniors. Um, the majority of our seniors' children end up moving to larger cities where there are more economic opportunities like Texas or Atlanta or New York or California, the, the, the main places that most people move to when they're looking for um, higher paying jobs and 
um, upward mobility. However, uh, that is not the purpose of this discussion today, so I won't go into great detail in this conversation about that. But in the conversation we're going to have today, we're going to discuss essentially the benefits of um, having an integrated community instead of a senior living community. And let me explain the difference. Uh, a senior living community, while it is affordable, again, as I stated, you can find decent places to stay that are within the 1800 a month price range um, up to about 2700 a month that's provided you don't require any any assistance with daily living um, and they call that ADL in the medical industry and ADLs are basically which means assisted um, you know, activities of daily living. Um, ADLs are basically used to determine how much more your costs can go up. And assisted living and independent living facilities figure that out. So that's why what you'll find is that these senior communities are usually continuum care communities, which means that you start out, if you are proactive, about your aging process um, and you just being straight with yourself. I mean, the only reason why I would even suggest anybody who, who have paid off their home, now that's gonna be a prime part of this. If you paid off your home uh, and the only thing you're paying for is utilities, and your home is not, um, would not accommodate the particular situation that you may find yourself in the older years. I mean, bottom line is, unless you really take care of yourself, and, and that is the minority who really do, who can be in their 90s and 100 years old and not require any assistance of daily living at all. Um, so the majority, if you age enough, there are gonna be certain times in your life that you're gonna require assistance. And sometimes your home can be the death of you, literally. Uh, if, if you live in a home that is that you bought when you were young to accommodate children, that has many stairs that you have to climb and is not handicap friendly, then there are a couple things I would recommend uh, before making a, an adjustment of moving into a senior care living situation. And that is to see if you can afford to make your house friendly, <laughs> senior friendly, so to speak. Uh, do you have the finances to do that? My suggestion to anybody who's at that point in their life where they're in their 70s, 60s or 70s, that you begin looking at making those adjustments in your home. If you have stairs only that leads up to 
getting inside your home, you may want to look at what's the cost of getting a ramp. And the reason why you want to look at making it accessible before you may need it is because the cost is not going to get less, it's going to get higher. And if you're not a, a veteran who veterans have the um, have certain uh, things that they can look forward to using, especially if they have a service-connected disability. If you don't have any disabilities, if this is not your scenario, if you were never in a service, and this is your scenario, then begin looking now at what the cost would be. Begin calculating that if you needed to make this home safe for you, begin investing in that. So many people squander their money on material things that may be aesthetically appealing, but will functionally do nothing for you if you needed it. And so much of what we are taught in society, we actually get away from what the purpose of a home is. And a, a home is supposed to take care of you. A house is supposed to provide shelter. It's supposed to be a safe place. And so much of what we put a lot of energy into, and trust me, I am a huge HGTV fan, but we can so easily get caught up in, the, in, in our commercial society into believing that it's a norm to do all these changes that we do, all these renovations that we do to our home and spend thousands of dollars on something that functionally will not fit or benefit you um, to do the main thing that you need a home to do is to provide a safe haven for you. With that being the case, these are the things that you have to consider. And I agree with the senior living um, analysis that yes, if your home is gonna cost you so much to make it accessible in the event that you needed assisted living, if you had dementia, could you still live in this home and it still be safe to you? If you had limited mobility, could you still function in this home and still be safe to you? I can tell you for a fact that if your bedroom, your kitchen, your bathroom is not on a lower level, if it's gonna to be too expensive for you to put it on the lower level, or if it's not even possible to do because you're limited in space, then your home is not going to be a forever home for you. Unless you're living a lifestyle that puts you in the percentage of people who are unlikely to have this issue in their older age. And let me tell you the lifestyle of these people, typically their diet is airtight. They're not eating the stuff we're eating. So they're not at risk of heart disease. They're not at risk of diabetes. They're not at risk of any of these things. Um, if natural causes don't take them out, then more than likely they will die 
of um, maybe like having a something quick happen. It's gonna be a heart attack or stroke. It's gonna be like sudden. It ain't gonna be like what we're dealing with. It's not gonna be like what we are having to deal with if our lifestyle has been one where we don't eat properly, we're not sleeping properly, we're not handling stress properly, which if you're eating right, if you're exercising, then your mind is usually thinking better. If you're spending that time with God every day, getting his order, his direction, his structure for the day, there are certain routine things that if you're doing these things, then yeah, barring you having some traumatic experience happen, someone knocks you over the head, robs you, um, hits you with a car, something of that nature, barring that occurring to you, then you're on target that you'll still be able to go up and down stairs in your 60s, in your 70s, in your 80s. If you're a gardener, that is exercise right there. Exercise, fresh air, all these things. And you haven't had any compromising situation. You know, meaning you've had an accident when you were younger and you had to have metal pins put into your body somewhere. Then yeah, arthritis is gonna probably be an issue in the future. Barring a miracle and God healing you. So, all I'm wanting you to really get adjust of is this that when you look at what it's going to take if it's going to require you basically taking out a second mortgage or you having to refinance or finance your home in order to make the adjustments to your home then it may be suggestible that moving into an independent living situation could be an advantage um, and when I say 1800 a month mindful the reason why they're calculating that your expenses are less is because the $1,800 or tw up to $2,700 or something of to that nature a month includes three meals two snacks it includes housekeeping at least once a week it includes um, your utilities, basic cable. The only thing it doesn't include is usually like your telephone. That you usually have to, you know, come up with yourself. But if you consider what you're paying, and this is for a person who don't own their home or who doesn't have to refinance their home to make their home compatible with whatever their new living situation is. Um, that may be a better solution. I would say really, probably the best time to go into a senior living community is before you have any mental or physical problems. When, if, for you to have made a decision yourself, let's say 10, 15 years before any onset of dementia or any other kind of signs of, of uh, disability that may occur. It's advisable. Then, and primarily, because 
the people who usually aren't I would say need to be in a senior living situation are people who are either not close to their family meaning it's just you you single your kids have moved you still plan on living wherever you live in if this is your situation then yes it, it, it makes sense that you would live into live in a in a senior living um, environment and you would probably thrive better there than being home and the main reason I say that is because now there's someone who can hold you accountable you know there are people who if the social interaction is the primary source but this is what I will say and here's my caveat for this currently this senior living community that exists is primarily not geared towards cultural diversity and here is where the problem will be because you're dealing with a group of people who are used to a line being divided based on color there's there's those who are people of color minorities will oftentimes be less comfortable in the senior living community because the social interaction is going to be limited unless they join these communities in groups if and again what would be the basis of that I mean, you're talking about people who are used to having homes. They can accommodate their children when they come home. That's the generation you're dealing with. So for them to go to a house that had three bedrooms, two bathrooms, to a apartment that has one bedroom, Again, it's going to take something greater than that. For white America, and this is not to be pleased when I say this, I'm just, I'm not tr trying to be offensive, but sometimes political correctness is the, like a cover that keeps us from acknowledging some realities that we don't want to talk about, but they exist. And so that's why we got to have this conversation because the purpose is we are never going to get viable solutions if we don't acknowledge that there is a gap and a lot of that large part is cultural what i can say about the african-american community regardless of the fractions within our families we still like the idea of being able to see our family and to accommodate them um, when we can. That's where the need for space for homes that have extra bedrooms comes. Um, and especially for our women. 
And this is the reason why my, I submit to you for, I would say, I would even say minorities, a better fit for our seniors who we can agree that maybe perhaps being home might be a little bit much for them to have to handle or to take care of. An alternative solution would be to have an integrated community. Because here's the second issue with independent assisted living, um, memory care, however you want to put it. All these combined. You'll find that for whatever reason, that setup, you're seeing multiple times in a week ambulances coming for whatever reason, whether it's to lift assist, which means someone has fallen and they come to help somebody up or someone's had some kind of accident or someone's critical condition, whatever the case may be. Being exposed to that as a person who's older, who is going through some challenges, is like being face to face with death on a constant basis. And I'm not sure if that has any sort of, how can I put it? I'm not sure if that has any sort of effect mentally on a person who is going through, um, who's getting older. But I can tell you, a person who's going through some sort of dementia, it does have an effect. It does have a negative effect. I've seen it. Um, and an integrated community does not mean that you won't still have the necessity of um, those types of services. It, actually what it does mean, and, and here is the thing. What I propose is the integrated community, because what an integrated community does is it gives you the mix of reality. It does not isolate a, a person who's a victim of getting older with ailments but it incorporates them with consideration and accessibility of their family to be able to surround them. In our current senior living community, it isolates our seniors. It separates them from family. And for minorities, this is a major issue. If you have an integrated community that uh, incorporates all the things that our current communities have, you know, like now you do see integrated as it relates to, I would say your middle age, between the ages of maybe 25 and 30, just probably before you get to the ones who are
Okay, so an integrated community provides that platform. It provides that, um, it provides that platform for families to be able to be not just hands-on, but right there in the same community. They're seeing them every day. Whether they're requiring 24-hour care or whether they're staying in an apartment that has considered them. It will minimize the need for ambulances, I believe, because part of the integrated community is to have a medical park within the community. Elderly people, especially those who are dealing with issues like dementia, it's very difficult to get them appointment-minded because so often their sleeping patterns are erratic and they're not mentally capable of understanding time that way. Um, and sometimes it can, it can become a source of great frustration <laughs> to the caregiver who's at home with them. In an integrated community, those resources are in the community. You have a medical park where, hey, you don't have to get dressed, go to a car, and then go to 30 minutes out of your way to accommodate basic needs of, um, of, of, of care, you have access to nurses and doctors and laboratories on site. You have doctors on site who can make house calls so that now appointments can be done in the convenience of your home unless it requires something like a lab work to be done and you need a sterile environment in which case you can provide windows of opportunity as opposed to providing a blanket um you have you know your appointment is at eight realizing that if it's a lab that requires that you can give a window of two hours so if that person can't get them there at eight, they may not be able to get them ready until 9.30. As long as they come within that two hour window, their, their appointment is secure. Because again, dementia is a game changer. And an integrated community that essentially is basically like preparing for, I know it sounds bleak, but what is statistical expectation of our future? If we're expecting the amount of cases to triple 2050 of those with this disease, and we're already talking about 16 million, then we really cannot afford to ignore 
the fact that there is going to need to be a shift in how we relate to um, each other, to getting older. We're gonna have to incorporate a more family-oriented approach to care, especially when I say dealing with minorities, because of the situation many minorities have had in this country. Um, many have not been embraced welcome with, with open arms, despite their contributions and the fact that they are large consumers. So that in and of itself breeds a distrust that's always been there. It's just when you're dealing with dementia, what was a feeling or what was internalized becomes overtly expressed. And so because of that, being able to be connected on a regular basis to that which is familiar is therapy. It increases the quality of life. What is best, of course, it would be better for them to be home with their loved ones. But the reality is, as stated before, most homes were not built to accommodate getting older with issues. Number two, the amount of money that would be required for the level of care a person who's dealing with dementia would be faced with, it puts being home out of reach unless a loved one is in a position where they can leave their job and be home with their loved one. Or unless there is still some sort of service available like a daycare integrated community service that's accessible for them. Because here's the dilemma. You're talking about hourly care that comes to $17 an hour, and that's for CNAs, depending on where you live. Um, if you want someone less qualified, just a warm body they'll do, you might be able to get away with $9 an hour. Okay, but don't be surprised to what you come home to <laughs> on a regular basis. That being the case, what I'm suggesting is that with an integrated community where a community shares collectively some of the expenses together so that independently the cost can be more affordable, number one. Number two, convenience, because having everything within the same community nearby, having the ability to just make a phone call and someone's just coming up an elevator to assist you versus having to wait 30 minutes to an hour for somebody to come, or they basically just let you know when they're able to come and fit you in their list of stops they have to make. So convenience. Thirdly, 
a community that also is continual in the sense that if you're dealing with someone with dementia, Alzheimer's is going to get it's going to get worse. Barring a miracle, and the Lord cures them because there is no cure by the hand of man for this disease. So preparing yourself for having to make the adjustment to where it's going to be more affordable for them to be in 24-hour care, an integrated community that has that accessibility, that provides a place where they can be while this is taking place. So there are a number of things that I believe are viable solutions. And if they're not solutions that's for any one group of people, if I would love to hear your thoughts, if you feel like as a Caucasian that we're already on the right road, senior care, senior living communities are wonderful, nothing that you would change. I want to hear that too. If you are an African-American, you have a loved one who's in the senior living community. And I want to hear your thoughts. I mean, I know I'm sharing what I have witnessed, but it's important to me to know if I'm, if I'm off, to know if what I'm seeing bears any validity or I'm just, you know, just shooting in the dark. But what I do know is that something's going to have to change. Um, something's going to have to change if we're going to um, progress as a nation um, to meet the needs of, of those who are not affluent, able to afford the, the um, cost of, uh, of care, for memory care, for assisted living, for nursing homes. We, we're going to have to come up with some solutions that's going to be more viable and that's going to accommodate um, the masses, the people who are, who are impacted by this disease, deserve to have something that is going to accommodate their needs, their interests. Uh, oftentimes you have seniors who are now single because they're widows. They need to have somebody who is, um, they need to have some kind of community of support, someone who's able to be there, you know, having more eyes on them, having people that they can talk to so that they can preserve the social skills that are also part of providing that brain health that they need. So it's just, we, we have to find some solutions. And it's going to also require that we have to make some changes in, in how we're living our lives, you know, um, whether it's children who grow up but be adults, they have their kids and move to different communities or different areas. Um, it's time to have that conversation with your, with your loved ones. If you have single 
you know, mothers or single fathers because their spouse has passed. And although they may have a, a good community group that they are co- comfortable with, but you're not in a situation where you can um, just pull up stakes and move to where they are. I really think that it's going to be very important. It's going to be extremely important that um, you have that conversation with them before things decline. Because once a person goes through the issues of um, dementia, it's very difficult to get them to be open or receptive to leaving. But if you can begin, while they're mentally still intact, to begin thinking about making some adjustments to their lifestyle, to consider perhaps moving to where you are, even if they don't move in your home, if they move in your neighborhood, or if they could um, move into a senior living situation close to where you are. All of these are steps in a direction that could preserve their health and well-being and can eliminate a whole lot of heartache and headache in the event things don't get better for them as they get older. And I know we don't like change. Change is most difficult for those of us who are older. And so many attachments that we make to the stuff that we worked our entire life for. But the reality is we have to have a healthy view of our living environment. And a healthy view of our living environment requires that number one, our living environment is functional for us. It's going to provide a safe haven for us. And if it's not capable of providing that, then it's only in our best interest to begin thinking along the lines of um, making some adjustments in our living situation before we can't make those adjustments, before those adjustments are being made for us. So just some thoughts um, I want you to consider just a conversation I want to have, I want to throw out there. And um, I just pray that anyone who's listening to me, that the Father is working with you, that he's dealing with you wherever you are, that he's meeting your needs, and that, um, and that um, you'll use this platform as a way of dialoguing with me. Let me know your thoughts, even topics you want me to look up or um, information you would like to hear about. I mean, I, my desire is to take you through this journey and more than likely anything that you have a question about is probably on my list of things to put on my podcast. It's just I haven't gotten there yet. But I want to be able to provide a service that's going to meet your needs, not just a platform for venting, But I want it to be a flow of ideas as well as a collaboration of sorts, a grassroots effort to begin exploring some um, possibilities for development um, 
that could sustain us in the years ahead. So if you've been blessed by my podcast, I encourage you to um, leave a message. Um, I would love to hear from you, testimonials, anything um, that you would like to share. And um, I just pray that it blesses you. All right, you all have a blessed one. Shalom. Those who are single and or single parents who are accustomed to having to be in a place of convenience. And that's what an integrated community does. It positions you to be in a place of convenience. And no, for no other group of people is that more essential than it is for those who are elderly and have limited mobility or limited reach to places that they can go. So often we see many of our elders who live at home, but if home is in a remote area or in a suburb that's far from um, the main areas of commerce, there's a tendency to become depressed because now their stretch, their area of um, connecting has been limited and it only tends to go even further down from there. So having an integrated community allows you to bring the elements of living, you know, the things that we do on a day-to-day basis, whether it's getting a newspaper or it's getting your mail, it's um, having uh, access to restaurants or grocery stores or convenience stores. You know, being able to have access to these things, whether it's going to see a movie every now and then, you know, being able to even have these things available to you, whether or not you use them or not, it it widens your world, your scope, and it makes you feel free, even if there are areas where you don't have that freedom anymore. And so part of an integrated community is that it will allow for them to have access, but in a safe environment. And it will also allow for families who love them to be able to interact with them in a a more accessible and functional environment as well. Because the more time that you can get Anyone who's dealing with dementia of any kind, regardless of whether you're on the front end or the tail end, um, is is therapy to be accessible to your family. It's healing balm for them. And so no comprehensive therapy or um, program or memory care program for that matter or, or any kind of care program regardless of what the issue is that your loved one is in need of, is going to be complete without you, without your um, involvement on a regular basis. There are things we can do with technology, and that's another um, 
aspect of being in an integrated community is having access to those who are knowledgeable about how to use technology so that you can keep those who are no longer or who, those who are estranged from technology, you can keep them in the loop with their loved ones. They're not alone. They're around a, a community of people of various backgrounds and various talents and gifts who are able to utilize those resources to keep families connected, to keep groups connected. And with technology, it's possible to program these things in to where, hey, if you got a loved one who just absolutely cannot live in the same location for work reasons, for health reasons, or whatever the case may be, but they want to be involved in their loved one's life, being in an integrated community means having the ability to have a trained professional or volunteer who will be able to set up uh, a, a Facebook or FaceTime or WhatsApp or Skype um, program so that they can interact with their loved ones, so that they can see one another, so that they can engage one another and, ha and have a conversation. You know, it, it's just so many ways that we can use constructively technology to bridge the gap between the distance and the age group. But these are things that those who are elderly won't have access to if they're in their own home environment, isolated from others, alone. The value of getting them involved in a senior living community is only this. If they are in a situation, and it doesn't matter how long they've been in their particular community, because the bottom line is people at various levels, whether you know, just because people in your community grew up in the community with you doesn't mean that they're on the same age, that they have the same health issues. Some could be very vibrant, very active, very um, engaged in life, and others might just be very introverted. You know, they prefer just to stay home and watch TV. That's the one who you have to look out for. That's the one who you need to encourage to be involved in a regular social environment with other people and if they're not willing to do that on their own you need to encourage them to either move closer to you or to consider moving into a senior living community um, some place where they can be in around people and where there is a um, there's a constant encouragement to be active with other people because in the isolation is difficult to assess if a person is losing touch with reality you will miss all of the signs that way so um it's just so many things that that we can that we can do in the interim and so many things that we need to consider and look into um, and that we need to, you know, I'm, I'm saying that we're going in the right direction. It's just we need a little tweaking. You know, what currently exists is not as bad as it was. It is improving over what was before as far as at least aesthetically. But we just need to tweak it a little bit because the reality is the, the country, 
by and large can't afford the level of care Alzheimer's and dementia requires. Um, so that means having an integrated community involves creating volunteer opportunities that people are more likely to engage in because it's easier to, you know, volunteer an hour or two of your time um, a week or five hours or six hours of your time a week when you only have to go down an elevator or an escalator to get to the place you're volunteering. It's a little bit more challenging for people who are very active, who have, um, who are in the midst of the hustle and bustle of life to pull themselves away from home, to go out somewhere and to be involved. So you, it encourages volunteerism and um, community activism. Um, and this is what we want to do. This is what we need to do. This is what I believe and I perceive is going to be the way for the future, simply because the reality is it is um, more damaging with a disease that requires so much attention and so emotionally taxing for one individual to be the sole person responsible for another individual suffering from this disease. Assistance is, is, is needed, even if it's on just a basic level of, of offering a day care system that will house and provide services for people just during the day. Because um, people need a break, not just because they're working a job, but just because, again, it's so involved. And even if it's not just a, not necessarily a break from that individual, being involved in a daycare setting actually provides them an opportunity to learn more from other people who are going through the same process, but also gets them out the house, out, the, out of the, what could feel like a prison when when you don't have ability to go where you need to go yet it also provides them to be able to run their errands and not have to be concerned about i gotta hurry back or i don't know what's happening or you know just not having those worries but being able to know that they're in a safe place where they're being cared for and looked after and there's someone at the very least who can contact you if there's a problem so um an integrated community would allow for that. It would provide the best, most comprehensive um, situation. And an integrated community doesn't necessarily look like having, you know, a condominium platform around a medical park and daycare system. It could be just a dementia village that just offers the daycare system and um, just cleverly designed so that it incorporates the things of the community and it provides accessibility to those things that are needful for the health and well-being of those who are um, in need of additional care. <laughs>